0: welcome back to the dungeon masters block the place where we come to talk about the dungeon master the most important person in the game the only person capable of playing god killing characters and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm your host for today, Dungeon Master Mitch. Today, we're going to be taking a trip to Munchkinland. We have a guest today, a returning guest, one of my best friends. Hashtag MagicMarcus here with us, and he is going to discuss with me his journey as a Munchkin, as a MinMaxer, uh, and some problems we've had to deal with in the past, some solutions that we've come to along the way. I have a really, really, really great time talking with him about that. And I really thank him for coming on the show, for sharing and opening up uh, to you guys, the listeners. So uh, get excited. It's going to be a great episode. But before we do that, I have a awesome but very long five-star review to read on air. And so this one comes from DM Exectium, and it's entitled Revitalizing Minds to Reinvigorate Your Players. This podcast helped me get through the terrible D&D-less times of my graduate school preliminary exams, where you transition from PhD student to PhD candidate. Since all my players are in my same graduate school program at Purdue University, it is hard to find time to sync up our schedules even for weekends. So we only play once a month and started in May 2015. Sometimes Lab just trumps the game and I totally understand and come up with story reasons in game why their PCs would not just participate today. I refuse to roleplay for them. So their absences became these one DM to one PC adventures where their side adventures defined their individual characters more than their actions in the group as a whole. It became a challenge for me to see plot points in each of the PC side adventures, such that when the big group all got back together again, we would have, much like the show, a story time where each of the PCs shared what they saw in the side adventures. I don't even have to say a word or do a thing, I just hang my giant hand, drawn world maps on the wall, and they each give a presentation in character about where they went and what they did. As they share each other's stories, I can see their eyes light up as they start connecting the dots. However, as DM I have twisted the plot on them so many times that I can see their hesitation to discuss their theories with me in the room and they try to talk as quickly as possible when I go to the bathroom. I clearly wasn't this caliber of DM when I started nearly 18 months ago and just picked up the DMs block in July 2016, but during that 3 month hiatus of no big group games, I got my d and fix by trying new ideas and tips from you guys and my own story ideas to weave these side adventures together. By far the most rewarding moment as a DM for me was when they saved their esteemed friend and trade prince, David Dusklo, who was possessed by an Arcanaloth. They brought down David's entire estate on top of him, killing the Arcanaloth and releasing David for them to heal and question. My players are now level 10, and although their power has reached new heights, for the first time I see the fear in their eyes. It took 18 months, but they finally understand that they aren't video game characters and have fully stepped into their roles of their characters. Thanks, guys, for accelerating the development of my DM skills to make my new players into the players I knew they could be. Keep on dungeon mastering. DM Exectium. Thanks so much, DM Exectium. Woo! That was a long one that you made me read, but I appreciate you sharing your story with us. And thank you so much for just the encouraging words. We're glad that our podcast is helping along your DMing skills. That's what we're here for. Well, with that, let's head to the meat.
1: I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat The like meat back on the menu, boys. All
0: right, so welcome to this week's episode of The Meat. Today, we are going to be having a a pretty candid, off-the-cuff discussion. We have some, some notes in front of us on kind of things we want to discuss, but really this is just me and hashtag Magic Mark. Hey, everybody. Sitting down and just discussing uh, something that we thought would be really interesting to talk about, particularly maybe if you either identify as a min-maxer or a munchkin or you're a DM out there who has players who are in that camp. Uh, and I think we want to just start off and say that we are not here today to pick on munchkins or min-maxers or people who have that play style and say, those are bad people, get rid of them. And I think that'll definitely come out during (laughs) our our talk. But I think that, you know, Mark, we've we've played for quite a few years now together. Uh, I mean, you were there when I started DMing, and you have constantly been playing in my world. I mean, you have been the most constant and, in a lot of ways, most committed, like, of the players that I have had in my in my DMing sessions throughout the entire time of me DMing. We've gamed a lot together, and we've seen the dynamics of our group change, the dynamics of the way that people play in our group change, and how they see the game. I'm sure you've seen the way that I've seen D&D and DMing, like, change over the mm-hmm. years. Like, yeah. our, our group itself, like, we didn't start off gaming with, as much of a focus on storytelling as we we try to have now. And I think part of that was that we were brought into, one, we were brought into the time of 3.5 being the king, and 4th edition was just starting, but was kind of shunned by most of the (laughs) community, at least the community that we were with. But beyond that, I think that we started off, too, being introduced by a lot of people who saw D&D as more of a, a game um, <laughs> than it was you building a story together. Yeah,
2: they definitely put an emphasis on the G of the RPG.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Experience
0: points reigned and levels and hit whatever it was. The numbers were at yep. the forefront of a lot of
2: it. and It, it definitely had a, a video game kind of thing yeah. where if you were absent – we don't care. We're still plowing forward, and we're still progressing. And there was a lot of stuff like that. I think to testify uh how much I've played with you. I think of all your GMing sessions outside of your first campaign when you were back home, I've only missed like maybe five, which is crazy. To sessions, think about. And, yeah. And every time campaigns. you have
0: missed, sessions. especially in college, I can remember it was just like, oh, I'm so yeah, angry it tore that, me that I had apart. to miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but today we're here to talk about Munchkins minmaxers and so i think we should define both of those to start out with so a munchkin is a player that plays what is intended usually to be a non-competitive game which is DD. it's yep. it's primarily a team playing game usually a role playing game in an aggressively competitive manner so mark i guess we'll just start out and ask do you? Did you identify? Were you a Munchkin when you first started? playing? Oh, certainly. I think,
2: <laughs> I think I understood uh, I, the term a Munchkin was something relatively new to me. But that's how I've approached to anything and to. everything. Yep. Um. I've I've never been someone who's comfortable in second place, and so my perspective, as soon as I got presented with this this game, was not not to make us the best, but to make me the best out of us. <laughs> and it's, I mean, that even how you guys got me hooked in the first place in the yes.
0: D&D. You were always a video gamer. Yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore. And you, you fought back against playing D&D for a long time. Yep. And I know that part of that was an inside joke between you and Flawful Jared, because I think you were <laughs> ready to play, but you still kept trying to like, you thought it was funny to make Make it seem like to me that you weren't going to play. So, but we did end up me and our friend Jason. Yeah, we ended up being like, "How do we get Mark
2: involved?" And we did what? What you you guys made like Xbox achievements for me, (laughs) Um, which was
0: an awful idea. It was an awful idea. It was it was (laughs) it was once again that we looked at the game more as when we started off as a game. Yeah, because those those achievements we gave you, which you went into the game going, I'm going to get all of these as a competitive video gamer does, were ridiculous. It was like, kill a good aligned person Kill a battle line person. You know, it was like it was. They were opposite ends of it. It yeah. was basically encouraging a Skyrim-like play where there are no like there is no morality. Yeah. There is no true storytelling kind of thing. Yeah,
2: and that achievement list even heavily inspired my first character, which actually was really awesome. Which really cool turned out cool, but because I wanted to do good things and evil things, I ended up creating a character with multiple personalities. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode on multiple personality characters. I think we so should. So we'll have save that. One. We'll save that for later, but. This was a character that I wanted to build, so I only ever had to play one campaign. I was going to get all the achievements and check that box and call it good. The completionist in me was okay with that. So it was, it was this time of we are all kind of learning how to d d as a group. Because there's always that initial period where it was like, you got to figure out what everybody sitting at the table wants out of it. And I was very much the person who, I want big numbers, I want to look awesome, I want to feel awesome, I want to be the video game guy who saves the world from the <laughs> giant sky beam at the end of the movie. And the best way to do that for me was to crunch the numbers and do the research, and we'll, get, we'll definitely dig into that as we go.
0: And I think that one of the things that we did start off doing, which we don't do anymore, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about, as the show goes on is that we started off with what we were introduced to yep. which was if you didn't show up to the gaming session you didn't get the xp for the monsters killed for the jobs done whatever mm. it was which was one of the things that i know for you made it so frustrating whenever you missed yeah and you were by far the one who missed the least like i i think oh, in yeah. our college days it was like you missed like one or two like yep. and we played like every single week in her college days. Yeah. And when you did miss, you got really frustrated because you're like, I'm missing out on this XP. And you did. It showed. You were committed because your character started to grow higher in level than everybody else. Yeah,
2: I think in 3.5 terms... I was like level sixteen by the time that we rewrapped that up, and the next person down was like eleven or twelve. Yeah, um, <laughs>
0: it got pretty bad. Yeah, and that's something we yeah that's something we can talk about more. But that was definitely something that didn't help the Munchkin attitude. But yeah, so I think you would also consider yourself. Maybe not anymore, but I don't know. We'll hear more about that. But uh, you definitely were a min-maxer. Oh, so definitely. a min-maxer is a role player who uh, forgoes making a well-rounded character. So, oh, let's do point by and make every single attribute equal. Forgoes making a well-rounded character to make an uber-powerful combat monster. So why don't you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I loved, I actually still have like a folder on my computer <laughs> of optimized character builds. In 3.5, that are all these like level one through 20 planned out what feats are taken when and like how to optimize and make the ideal character at doing X, Y, or Z. You know, a druid that's all about his animal companions. So he's got a flesh raker at level one that could do <laughs> tons of damage <laughs> where you roll all the dice. And I loved that. I loved you that spent part.
0: Hours, hours upon hours, whenever we started a new campaign making new characters. Yep. Or making new characters for a campaign that would never come. Yeah, Like it would be in in college, we would sit in our living room and be like me and Jared were doing homework and you'd be there doing way more work, (laughs) harder invested, and you were making these characters. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and I I had a whole bunch of good concepts. There were some where I even was like, this is too powerful. I have a folder in that that folder called Solo Play Characters. (laughs) Like I was ever going to solo play D&D. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that I just – I read a lot of the books. I did a lot of research. I was members of all those forums that I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast has at least gleaned through about <laughs> you know the min-max boards and the uh, giant's grounds or whatever. Which all yeah. of
0: that was very, very much apparent and easier to do in 3.5 than 5e. Yes. There were – I mean you you knew feats inside out and what yep. like they coupled with and how to make them
2: and how to just stack.
0: amazing yep. and in a lot of ways game breaking yep <laughs> a lot of ways game breaking especially
2: if not everybody else at the table is doing the same exactly. thing exactly because they're often uh, I got to the point where everybody knew that Mark put big numbers on the table so friends would come to me, especially like yeah. later in college. <laughs> there would be like two, three guys who were like, hey, can you help me build a character? Or Which just meant, build me a character. Can you build me a yeah. character? <laughs> yeah. So I think there was there was a, one campaign where I had built probably four out of the five people at the table. And that that <laughs> made things pretty interesting. <laughs> and it was funny because you you I saw it as a perspective of like, yeah, I'm really good at this. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. And you know, to an extent that was the case. To the people who were holding characters that were – designed by me, but, you know, to that one guy, out of the four out of the five, the one guy kind of didn't have a great time during that <laughs> session because yeah. he, he just, he could not match because he was one of those people who every week he would sit down at the table and open the book and be like, uh, and blindly pick a random feat and... Who cares if it worked yeah, together? Which or Which both of
0: those two ways that we spending hours making a character, spending two seconds making a character. Really, there's nothing wrong with either of those yeah. ways. It's like whatever is going to allow you to be able to have fun. I would. I know f- there. It was really hard getting people into D D if we wanted to introduce them, sitting them out and saying, "Hey, come make a character for this awesome game." just realize that making this character and for three point five really was this, making this character and explaining it to you is gonna take like two hours. Yeah. Like and so normally what I would do as a DM was I'd say, I'll make a character for you. And yep. you just tell me what you want, and when we sit down, we'll explain it as we go. Uh, because making a character was rough if you didn't understand where it was going. Mm-hmm. And to some people, they still don't want to spend that much time on making a character. So that was something that it was a it was a problem when somebody would come to the table and they had just put it together very quick, not doing a lot of research. And when others would come to the table and they had like these well thought out. The All the feats worked together, everything worked together in sync and built up off of each other, and it started very quickly, a gaming session, would, you'd realize, oh my gosh, he's way, way more powerful than I am. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, so... Once again, this is not a episode about ragging on min-maxers and munchkins, and that's, that's not what we're here to do, but we are here to talk about experiences that we've had, and we've been gaming a long time, and there have been problems uh, and really difficult times in our gaming sessions, yeah. not of all which have to do with this. In fact, I would say that really all the biggest problems we've had had nothing to do with the min-maxing and the munchkin. It was just personality issues, the biggest problem we've had. Yeah. But that's another podcast. Uh, that's a, that's episode five of the Dungeon Message. I Masters think so, yeah. Problem players. But there were problems, and we've talked a little bit about it. And so, can you just talk about, like, maybe from your perspective of what problems were happening around the table that we've talked a little bit about already, but as players, Like, what was happening?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, as, a, as the player, I was kind of oblivious to a lot, because I was like, I'm here, we are doing well, because I am doing well. And I had a lot of perspective as the player who was very focused on throwing up big numbers and rolling a lot of dice and doing my one thing very well. And I never even considered, like, that moment where, like, other people might be comparing how they do to how I do. And there was that video game mentality where when you play a video game, I play a copy of the game and you play a copy of the game and very very rarely is a situation where your TV and my TV are right next to each other and you can see you know that comparison of oh he is doing this game so much better <laughs> than me um, the most you can do is like achievement points or Playstation trophies Yeah. you know oh that guy has two more trophies than me Pfft, whatever they're just bronze <laughs> or you know that guy has 50 more gamer score than me <laughs> whatever but in D&D when it's you know every 10-15 minutes every turn, every round, there's this testament to how much better somebody's doing than you. It can kind of bear down on people, I guess, especially when, depending on your personality. So I went through a lot of that time being kind of unaware of any sort of problems anybody was having and nobody was saying anything and people were smiling at the table. But whenever you take that time to have people kind of all sit next to each other and compare, you know, it, it turns into this... You know, contest for lack of a better term, even though D&D is very much at its heart, not a contest. So, so it definitely created some problems between other players and myself that I never noticed of people just not feeling good enough at the table because they would. They would not be as good as me in a skill check. And then they would be not as good as me in a save and then not be as good as me in damage and not be as good as me at other things. And since I was also a pretty livid and passionate role player, <laughs> there was there was nowhere that some people could just top me. You know, nobody could I was the best at it all because I was trying really hard to be the best at it all, that there was no room for anybody else to feel like they shine. I think that would probably be the best way to put it um, is that this i worked so hard on making sure the spotlight was always on me as far as like a game perspective goes and because i never even thought about it i saw the stage lights on everybody i didn't realize the spotlight was on me
0: yeah i think um and and it's interesting cuz like i i know this about that's how it was for you i think for me as the dm i'm sitting there and i would i saw the problems mm-hmm. and i don't know if it was partially just the placement of me at the head of the table and partially like while you were doing damage, you were looking at all your dice rolling in glee and I'd look at the face of the person next to you or whatever it was. I like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think I also, one of the things that I think I do really well as a DM is I really can focus on a group and as a whole, and go. Let me let me make sure everybody's having fun, and I can usually pick up on it when somebody is is bothered by something. And I mean, that's something that I've <laughs> I think I've just been gifted with in my job as yeah. well. And so that's something that uh, I've been able to do. And so I I was seeing problems, and it wasn't. I think it, it is important to note that it wasn't just you that had. The min-maxing bug and the 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 munchkin bug, but the thing is, you were the best at it. You were exponentially over everybody else, like way, way stronger. And part of that was too the XP thing of the Mm -hmm. non-shared XP, so that you uh, had more XP and you were higher in level. So you were not only better at making characters, but you were better at
1: uh, further down the line. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it was a difficult thing because, uh, like, to you nothing was wrong. And as a DM, I saw there was stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. Beyond seeing stuff wrong, uh, I would have people come to me and talk to me after the game. And not everybody would do so that I think was bothered by certain things. But some people would come and talk to me and they would share that it was bothersome seeing other people do better than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't really know what to do about it, but they were not having fun. and It was really, really frustrating for them. And so I think all of that really ended up turning into a bunch of one-on-one conversations that you and me would have. And these were the moments where, for you, these were like the only moments, I think, that you really did have your eyes open in a way of like, wait, what? People don't like what I'm doing. People are upset with what I'm doing. And so we had, I know we had a lot, uh, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but we did have quite a few um, conversations one-on-one, and it it was usually just, hey, Mark, you know, people are upset with how ridiculous your character is. And I think a lot of those early days, what we would do is you and me would sit down and try to figure out how to nerf your character, because whenever I sat down with you, it was never like, well forget them, I'm going to keep making good characters.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, these were, of course, all people who I was good friends with, and I I don't think anybody ever really wants to make their friends genuinely yeah. angry. There's always a troll in every group, but, <laughs> but, you know, you never really want to make somebody actually angry, angry with you. You can make somebody annoyed, but... So, yeah, I would always come in with a, a genuine desire to fix whatever it was, but... You know, there's there's a certain wiring in some people's brains that I, I could not undo how I looked at the game very well or very easily. And it, I would always think, oh, yeah, I'm toning it down. And half the time would <laughs> come back even more, <laughs> more potent than I was before with, you know, an idea from one thing or another going, oh, I can just tweak this in this way. And I would think it was, there was oftentimes where I thought I was making something less powerful. And then I found a synergy on accident. And all of a sudden, a miracle happened. And, oh no! Hey, I'm doing more now. Oops. So I think there was a lot of times where we had a conversation, and it was never like, "Oh yeah, screw those guys," because um, those guys they were my friends. They're still some of my best friends to this day. So it's, I think it was just yeah. more. It was more
0: difficult and awkward for you than anything else because it was yeah. you were you were gaming, you were doing something that you loved and had fun, and we'd get. I'd say whatever whatever way it happened, it'd be like, Mark, can we talk? Uh, and we'd find a place just to talk alone and you'd yeah. just be hit with, by the way, uh, this person is really not happy with you and doesn't want to game with you anymore, which is not something fun to hear.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, especially like my personality out, outside of gaming is very much somebody who like holds friendships and other people yeah. pretty dear. And I hate disappointing people. I mean, most people don't like it so i mean <laughs> it's one of those things where it's if somebody says they don't ever want to do something with you again it, it feels pretty bad yeah. regardless so i would always kind of search for ways to remedy that or fix that and some people wanted to figure it out and other people just were like yep i'm done ing with you guys now kind of stuff which hurt and kind of stunk yeah
0: so, i don't i not and i don't know i i Maybe you have a different perspective on it than me, but I don't know if anybody actually stopped playing D&D at that time, specifically because of you. Like we've said, we've game for years together, yeah. and there have been uh, different problems at the gaming table. And I'm sure for anybody out there who's listening, uh, who has been gaming for a long time, I'm, I'm sure that you guys have had difficulties in gaming and... All I can say is, man, I'm glad that we've pretty much come out of it. And that yeah. I think we have a very healthy uh, gaming group now. We have, I feel like we've dealt with a lot of the classic problems that yeah, gaming groups definitely. have dealt with and learned more or less how to combat them and to make a gaming group that is well-rounded and people are happy and focusing on just being able to have fun and respecting each other. But yeah, so really this these one-on-one conversations they came down to i would say there was like one big conversation that we had yeah um and this came out of really there was something i was trying to do i was trying to really start a new campaign i believe it was our sons of bastion campaign that this happened during like before we started playing and i made this like 20-question survey, and I just asked if you as the players would fill it out. And it was very much a, like, I want to become a better DM, Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: and I want to make sure that we're having a healthy gaming group, and I want to make sure that even though I have a story plan, that I can cater my story to fulfilling what my players want to be able to do in gaming. And so I sent this survey out, and I was kind of uh, hit by a brick, as it were, when I got... (laughs) almost, almost unanimously. And I know this, this may, this may be a little hard to talk about, but I know we've, we've cleared that this is okay to talk about. So yeah. thank you, Mark, for coming on to talk about this and be candid with us. But so I pretty much got an almost unanimous response back saying, I don't really want to play with Mark anymore because of how he min maxes or munchkins or whatever, or, uh, I don't want to play with Mark unless he changes. And, this is something for me as a DM that was really hard because I was like, what do I do about this? I have had conversations, but this was not going to be a fun conversation. And you and me, like, we did end up sitting down, and I did end up ta- talking to you about it and being like, I think we got we to gotta be really careful. Um, yeah. And at, I will say that at no point in this was there a moment of, Mark, you're done. Please leave. Nobody wants to play with you. <laughs> uh, that was not on my on my radar. Um, but I know that that was a really difficult conversation for for both of us to have. Yeah, it's not it's not easy being the messenger and trying to like work things out with the group. And I know for you that was not an easy
2: conversation to have at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of it was I've every time we had a conversation prior to that one, I was felt like okay. Problem solved. Yeah, remedied. Everyone's we, happy we now. We nerved
0: something a little bit. We did this. Yeah. We did
2: that. Yeah, we. Re- so I'm good. I'm. I'm trying to. I had been for a while intentionally, kind of trying to dial it back as well. Just kind of intentionally picking some sub stuff, and uh, I think. For one campaign, I decided to play more of a tanky character, so I wasn't doing damage; I was more taking damage. Yeah. So, and people like the support guy being exactly. optimized. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tried doing, you know, stuff that was geared more towards an idea that wasn't so much about being the most important person at the table, but being the person who was doing something really well, just not not necessarily being the DPS guy, for lack of a better term, because that's, that definitely was something that I struggled with was wanting to be the guy who did the biggest number every round. So I, one conversation, we concluded that that was the case. So coming to the, that final conversation, I was really surprised. Um, mostly cause I thought we've, we've dealt with this before this is
0: fixed by now. We yeah.
2: fixed it. Right. Everyone, nobody's even given me the stink eye at the table anymore. Maybe it was cause it's 3.5 and I was doing too much math and so focused on adding up all the dice. But, um, math is the real problem here. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was the problem. I have no idea. Like I felt really kind of blindsided by that conversation. Yeah. Because I had no idea. No one at the table seemed to be treating me differently. No one. So, so yeah, I would think part of that conversation, if we want to dig into that right now, you kind of like read some of those comments. And I was like, really? That's that's what people think? Which was really hard for yeah. me.
0: And I know at the time it, it was, I was like, I, we need to, I just want to have a last conversation. I yeah. want. I want there to be an understanding and I want to move past this. Yeah, it was the decision I made at the time. I think I'll stand by that, but it was it was harder I think for you to hear, and no yeah. names were giving at, given out. It was just like just want you to just understand how people are feeling.
2: Yeah, and so I was, I kind of came out of that conversation, and I think everybody has a tendency, especially like fresh into yeah. something like that, to be a little little salty about things, <laughs> you but, know, yeah, which is totally understandable. Um, and. I was always the kind of person who liked, I had an external hard drive with a PDF of every single piece of 3.5. You know, being a true min-maxer, I, I needed all of the information. Um, you know, every issue of Dragon Magazine, every book ever published. So you can take, you know, bits and pieces and all the rules as written. You want, you want a good rules as written thing? I got it, you know. And I think the first th- kind of call was to limit what I had access to. Um, and I just remember getting very, very angry about, you know, yeah. Wait, I can only use like three books. I don't even remember. Um, and I even remember in the conversation kind of at the end, we were talking about narrowing it down and I was almost like, neg- like bartering. Like, can I, can <laughs> I, I have access that. to yes. this book? Can I, <laughs> what, what about this book? like just trying to figure out like how can I build a good and good in a min-max terms character when I only have access to, you know, this short list of things. And I remember being really upset. I remember having, you know, a good couple hours and a conversation with my wife of like, do I want to keep doing D and D if I'm going to be put in this little box? box. Um, and you know, luckily I managed to be a functional and mature adult and react to that in a healthy way. Um, and, and seek out, you know, kind of, okay, so how do we, how do we find the, the bright side of this? <laughs> and, you know, it, it definitely helped me kind of turn over a leaf in how I approach role-playing and gaming and, um, you know, even stuff outside of D&D and our friend group of, like, what do I do with my mindset of I want to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it was a, it was a great opportunity for growth. Um, and I took it and I ran with it and, um, kind of put a lot of my energy and shifted focuses. I don't, lately I haven't min-maxed for numbers so much as I min-max a a concept, you know, I really, I, I love now coming up with a good idea for like a weird quirky character. That'd be fun to role play. And I min-max into that. So, you know, he still has tens and fifteens and. 18s yeah, and You don't twos. make crappy characters. Yeah, um, but they're not so much really good at being an archer that does, you know, crazy damage. It's yeah. more...
0: Yeah, and he's like, really good and at like being weird. like anybody, when rolling for stats, like anybody, if you roll a low number, it's it's hard to deal with. Oh, but yeah. yeah, like, that's something that... You know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I came to you and said, hey, would you be okay with talking about this on air? I think there's a lot of good stuff that people can relate to and people can hear, um, because, uh, I don't know how long that conversation happened, uh, a couple of years now, uh, yeah. it was, uh, but since, since that conversation, I know we, we started off with that of like, you were limited in what you could use. And, and I'll be honest now I am a DM who personally, I think that what, what I got out of that was um, I shouldn't have limited you in what you could have used. I think that, and that's something I do now. I'm like, well, I just limit everybody and what yeah. they can use. So we go into a region, and I try to make it fun. So we go into a region, and I say, okay, well, we're in this region of my world. Here are the races that you, wanna, you can play. If you want to play something different, you need to talk to me about it, and we can yeah. try and figure it out. And like just coming to that, it's like I think our group as a whole understands that just because DD has made a book about it doesn't mean that it's fair game. If it's something you're interested in, you come to the DM, you talk about it kind of thing. Yeah. but I th- so that's something that's grown out of that as well. Uh, but since that point, there has been a progression and I haven't heard anybody in I don't I don't know, definitely well over a year ever say anything like, I can't stand how Mark plays. He's a munchkin, he's a min-maxer. I yeah. haven't heard you referred to that way in a long time now. And so like that's that's definitely changed. That's the, that's de- like you said, you you build different characters. And one thing I wanted to ask is like, so why why has that changed? How has that changed? Is that something that's changed just in your mindset? Is that something that you you feel like you still are a Munchkin min-maxer, but you have to suppress that on a constant basis? Like,
2: I mean, to an extent, yes. I still... I mean, just recently I had a Twitter conversation with uh, Dungeon Master Ian yeah. about <laughs> 1v1 me, bro, and he, you know, he has a lot of similar tendencies. Um, so he and I definitely get along in that aspect. I mean, as much as two people who are absolute rivals can get <laughs> along, you know. So we definitely kind of work off each other with that. And But I think really what it comes down to is I've – kind of channeled that energy into not thinking about being the best person at the game but putting a lot more of that weight on the role-playing aspect yeah so Um, not about
0: numbers but about uh,
2: yeah you're
0: you're kind of min-maxing in a story sense yeah
2: so my goal is always to be the most entertaining character at the table which is a lot easier to deal with as far as other players go and sometimes i succeed and sometimes i f- fail miserably <laughs> i mean we have this running joke that it seems to be with me every other character is kind of a hit <laughs> um so so we'll see what the next one brings but it's it's definitely this mindset of like i don't i don't really care too much about the numbers so much as i i care about Making sure I got a good one-liner at least twice in a night. Yeah, making sure that you know everybody is really enjoying those weird quirk of a character, and you know sometimes sometimes those are really good, and other times there's been absolute flops in my character history. And normally what happens is because those characters are boring to me to play, I always am like. I spent a lot of the time while we play those campaigns kind of going, all right, let's get to the next one. Uh, (laughs) This guy's dull. So it's, it's been a lot of time and energy put into coming up with cool ideas of characters to play, cool ideas of, you know, what, what can bring unique things to the table. Lately it's, what new thing can I learn about Mitch's world, and how can I make a character that <laughs> gives me exploit that? gives Not me some that, freebies? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so it's been, you know, okay. What tidbit of lore? If I say I'm from this place, I that can is, learn about this that place. That is
0: totally you being a munchkin. And a oh yeah, because you want to come to the game, but in a story sense, you want to be like. Uh, my character does this, and have everybody else around the table go, "What is he doing?" Yeah. Because it's something that you've asked me personally, and you've gotten more information than they do. And- yeah.
2: So, <laughs> so I totally have this mindset of like, okay, how can I, how can I expand my knowledge into this gaming world, and then also kind of you know get some fun and entertainment from the people out of it. So I think yeah, I totally am still a min maxer. I think a munchkin is something that has kind of fell to the wayside just because it's I don't I've never wanted to intentionally sabotage anything yeah because that's a good way to get yourself asked to leave (laughs) um so I mean if your whole table is full of munchkins go for it bye
0: good (laughs) good
2: it's it's when you have a group of unique individuals and they all sit down and everybody has, you know, there's the, the players, the type of players. There's an episode a while back about that. Um, if you have one of each sit down at the table, they're all coming in with totally different expectations. And you know, the guy who's all about the story might be really upset about the guy who's like, okay, uh, we grab the thing, we do the thing, let's go. Like the guy who's always looking for the next session of combat, He's gonna he's gonna be bored at some time, and the other guy's gonna be bored at some time. Now, it's so the job of the DM to kind of figure out how to balance that teeter
0: totter. Yeah. yeah, don't don't punish a guy who decides to put eighteen points into charisma. Yeah, and is not a paladin. It's not going to help him with the spells, <laughs> but he actually just wants to be a charismatic rogue. Yeah, like take take note of that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so you kind of want to be able to accommodate everybody at the table. And that's a, that's a fun plate spinning and juggling act. Yes.
0: Uh, fun sometimes. It's yeah. Difficult at all other times. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, I mean, I, I remember in that episode, which I don't remember the number, but, uh, whoever the guest was says, you want to take that min max guy? You want to pull the pin on him and throw him in the room and let him go. <laughs> um, and I just remember hearing that and being like, that is me. Yes. And I, I've always wanted that moment. And we, we have one friend who has played with us on and off who, all he ever talks about is that one time he had yep. this one magical fire orb and he threw it into a room and blew everything up, <laughs> and that's like his D and D moment. And I've always wanted a moment like that—not so much with an item that I was just given through plot, but <laughs> one of those moments where you know they can we can say my character walked into a room and killed all those dude bros. Um, that would that would make my night one off. There you go, buddy. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. Noted. <laughs> and so it was always kind of one of those things where now I'm definitely a lot more min-maxier in the point of, you know, I think I created a character with Asperger's one time. <laughs> and the whole idea was how to effectively role-play yeah. some sort like that, that condition and that that and
0: and, and you did a real, like, I remember it being really well yeah. done, and it was just like... I did
2: research. I went into yeah. Wikipedia and, like, read about Asperger's syndrome yeah. and, and, like, figured out, you know, like, I decided, like, ticks that he had and things, and, like, the best part was the character would only turn left. Yeah. He would never not, he would never turn right. So there was one time where, where we had to, someone had to role play turning me left three times, in order for us to turn right and things like that. So putting all of my energy <laughs> into <laughs> unique quirks in a character that makes someone memorable.
0: It uh, sounds like almost that the whole, maybe maybe I'm wrong in this, but it sounds like almost the whole munchkin and min-maxing thing, at least for you, part of that was not wanting to be like, looking around the table and be like, I'm just another guy. Yeah, My character is just another guy. I feel like I don't stand out from the rest. Mm-hmm. They kind of wanted to stand out. And like, so now you've taken that and you're trying to stand out in the sense of like, you want people to see the effort that you put into your character's design. And a hobgoblin with Asperger's yeah. is not something you've heard many people play. You like yeah, before. exactly. Uh, a half elf with three multiple personalities that you roll um, a d3 and figure out who, which personality it takes. Like whenever the DM blows a whistle is not something that you've heard somebody play
2: before. Exactly. Yeah. I've always wanted to be memorable. I'm never one who's at the table, wanted to be the forgettable character. Often when I come up with a character idea, the first thing I do is like do a Google image search, Google image search and I make sure there's no pictures of my character that mm. exists. Mm. A lot of people like to find a picture and go, this is my guy. Is it, yeah. I go, somebody else thought of that already? <laughs> no. Um, so I'll often like find like a picture and be like, this is the race. And then I'll go find a different picture and go, this is kind of the class vibe that I'm going for. So I'll often when I find a picture, I'm like, no can't do that anymore i gotta figure out how to change it and make it more unique because i the a lot of that stems from wanting to be the memorable person at the table because i i don't know maybe there's a chronic fear deep down on me about being forgettable um <laughs> but yeah there's one thing i've never played is a white anglo-saxon male human um and you quite often like to make fun of people who, <laughs> who yeah pick humans yeah, you're like how
0: boring <laughs> i know
2: so boring um like why <laughs> would you ever do that i think there was one uh Ian did a, a one shot recently and he said we all had to be human. And I was like, okay, so what are the variant types of humans out there? <laughs> so I I had to find something that wasn't just regular person. I couldn't yeah. accept being, you know, n- normal. So, yeah. And and that is definitely a character quality of like, I don't want to be average. I don't want to be standard. I want to be above or below. I'm okay being below. And there, that's a lot of <laughs> min-maxing uh, coming out right there. I want to be highly highly excellent or absolutely awful i don't want to be okay i hate the number 10 i hate 9 <laughs> i hate 11 i even hate 8 and 12 if you got me in a negative stat i want a 6 if you got me in a positive stat i want a 14 or you more want, you
0: want to excel in that negative
1: stat.
2: <laughs> yeah i well and that's fun to role play yeah. you know um the the asperger's hobgoblin he had a charisma of like four um and just playing that like super-duper awkward, super-duper uncomfortable with everything. Yeah, his intelligence was through the roof, but he couldn't communicate all of his ideas at (laughs) all. So he would often, like, just shout something that didn't make any sense to anybody else. You know, it's like... I
0: remember you played a a scaven in my world, uh, a rat folk one time, and you made his charisma. I think you asked to lower it. Yeah, And you, like, wanted his charisma to be super low, which was actually really fun because among... We basically decided... That was a smell thing. Like your scaven never, ever washed himself, which among your people was totally fine fine. and perhaps like a positive thing. But then you went out and it was an orc driven campaign. And even to the orcs, you were like disgusting and dirty and oh my gosh, you smell so bad.
2: Yeah. So, and I mean, that guy carried garbage with him. (laughs) I remember having a separate inventory sheet that was just keeping track of trash. Yeah. That's been my biggest solution to the problem is I don't, I don't min-max the numbers anymore. I min-max quirks and qualities and wanting to be memorable. And, you know, I think i got a lot of ideas for the new future. And um, we'll see how they go. Yeah. Uh, it depends on if they fit in the next campaign box. <laughs> um, because as we've already discussed, you know, the, the limits now apply to the group as a whole. Which yeah. I think has been great for yeah. me.
0: And I, and I try to make it so that it is driving story, yeah. not just simply i want to limit my players but here i want to give you guys these limits so that you can delve into these specifics yeah but let's so let's wrap this up with two questions i'd like to ask you and the second question i have some thoughts on as well but so um if there's someone out there right now listening who does identify as a munchkin and or a min maxer and maybe they've had issues uh maybe they just maybe they haven't as far as they know, had issues, but like, is there any advice that you would give to somebody who identifies as that?
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing is that when when you have that mindset, you want to make sure everybody else at the table feels the same way, because then it's it's there's kind of the fun and competition. If everybody's coming to the game wanting to one up each other, great, have at awesome. it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys can have fun playing your game. I might not come join you. But, you know, you guys can have fun and I can be over here. That's fine. But if you have a diverse group, which is much more common, maybe take a minute to look around and maybe listen to the player, the types of player episode and kind of identify, okay, who at the table is what and how can I min-max them into what they want to be? How can I take a moment and min-max The story for Greg over there, who is playing a lore bard, who (laughs) oh, and and doing you know crazy weird things. How can I make it so his night is min max tonight? And, you know, if you got a friend who's all about the numbers but doesn't have all the books, maybe figure out how to help him find all the things, pointing him in the direction of things on the Internet. The Internet has wonderful answers for everyone. <laughs> um, you like this podcast? Tune in every week. <laughs> um, Shameless books. And, you know, figuring out how to identify who is what and help them min-max their night and not just your own. Um, because the, the goal is for everybody at the table to be happy and have fun, unless you're the DM, then you're killing everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> your goal is to kill everyone. And and so that's kind of my best advice, is to just figure out not only how to min-max your time, but everybody else's, because theirs is just as valuable as yours, and they took the time to show up tonight, too. So yeah, I think that's kind of my bullet point version.
0: Awesome. Last question, uh, and I think that... I want to hear uh, from you as well as uh, share some things on this. Uh, so let's let's start with uh, you and uh, then I'll give some of my thoughts. And I'd love to hear what you think about my thoughts. But the question is, uh, if a DM has a munchkin and or a min in his group, uh, and maybe that munchkin and or min-maxer is causing problems, um, do you have any advice on how to handle any difficulties with that player?
2: I think it's... It's a delicate situation, um, because especially if it's causing problems, just like any situation that's causing problems, the results can either be resulting in a positive or a negative. you know there's there's always that chance that whoever it is could get it really upset and walk away, which that would stink yeah. but if it's if the problems outweigh the presence then maybe it's a choice you have to make. Now, I think most people don't want to seek a res- don't want to seek a situation in which they, you know, exile themselves from a situation. They won't- everybody's there because they want to participate. So figuring out how to have the conversation and build it in a direction towards we want everyone to have a positive experience you might be having a great time, but your great time is ruining someone else's. So how do we make it so your time can make theirs better? And that's that's how you have the conversation. You You say, you know, kind of, our goal is for everyone who shows up every night to have the best night possible. Yeah,
0: and making sure that your player realizes too that they're included in on that. Yeah. I think that we've, you know, we've said it on the podcast a lot of times, but like kicking somebody out should be the very, very last resort. If you, I I think that you want to go into it giving this person the benefit of the the doubt, that they're not there trying to ruin someone's, time and you need to make sure that you give them that benefit. If you get together with them and you discuss it with them and their answer to you is, well, I'm trying to make everybody else upset, well, then you have you found a really weird person. Uh, then it's time group. to have a conversation about it, maybe
2: walking out. Yeah, <laughs>
0: then it might be time uh, to have that person step away from the table if they're literally just there to ruin somebody else's time. But I think in general, you're going to find that most people that have that type of game style, it's not because they're trying to ruin somebody else's best time.
2: Yeah. I think most people exist in a context of the self and, you know, they're showing up to give themselves the best time. And so the person who's min-maxing will go show up and min-max because that's what they want to do and that's how they have fun. And sometimes it, it takes, you know, a facilitator, a DM to open your eyes to what everybody else is going through. And, you know, the goal is not to reduce the min maxing if that's how you have fun the goal is to figure out how to make sure that's not ruining someone else's
0: is there anything that you would say to a dm maybe you should avoid going this route or doing this in your game um and that would help
2: uh i think definitely if you're gonna impose limits limiting the group as opposed to an individual is always it's just Fair, You know, Um, if you bring a treat, bring it for everybody in class kind of thing. (laughs) No candy for
0: you, Billy. (laughs) I know, right? Exactly.
2: You're allergic to peanuts and we bought Reese's. So I think, yeah, definitely if you're going to do any sort of limitation, make sure everybody is under the same umbrella. If we're going to talk about editions of Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition, (laughs) way, way easier to deal with. Partially because there's just so much less content and partially because a lot of that stuff that you can min-max with is all optional rules. Multiclassing, completely optional rule. You can just say, we're not using that optional rule. And then all of the class, the whole game's just much more balanced off of each other. 3.5 would compound its problems by, you could pick a class and a race, and if they weren't in synergy, that was a problem. And then class, not all classes were made the same. You know, wizards, were way better than fighters. So if you if you play an edition or you pick a game, fifth edition definitely solves a lot of the 3.5 problems. Which is another significant aspect of how we've kind of remedied some of our issues. It's just I took had so much information and it's irrelevant to what we're doing now. Now I'm doing a lot of learning in 5th edition, but it's definitely... There's just less content out there, and none of it contradicts itself and yet. I think
0: that 5th edition, especially even with books like we've seen, of like Volo's Guide to yeah. Monsters, it is a lot more focused on learn about the lore, learn about the story, learn about what makes creatures tick, or the gods tick, so that yep. you can you can min-max like you've said, and this is not something I, th- I thought we'd really... Like, I like that you brought up the idea of min-maxing and munchkinning in story. Like, yeah. but that's, like, something you can do. Like, get delve into the story, delve into the lore, delve into your character kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think it's... I love now coming up with just weird ideas for characters, and I'll, I'll often just text Mitch out of the blue and be like, would this guy exist in your world? I don't know if I'm gonna play them next, but but yeah. this is this a thing that can happen? And I and think as a
0: DM, uh, when you do come to me with that, I think and I think DMs out there should really do the same thing: is uh, don't just be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if that isn't something that exactly fits into your world, first of all, if you're doing a homebrew world. You can make up new stuff. So it's like... There's always another place to put an island. Well, if you have something that maybe is similar, say, hey, you know what? That doesn't, but this is something that maybe you'd like. And, I mean, you and me have sat down and literally created gods in my world because you wanted a certain type of deity to follow. And I said, okay, let's sit down. Let's create it. And I remember back in our college days, like, you sat down and you created this entire church structure of this religion. And it was really really awesome. It got you into the character. And maybe that's something that DMs can do. If they have that kind of a min-maxer, munchkin kind of player, give them stuff that isn't going to be game-breaking, but it's going to add character to their characters. Like, Give them a really sweet item that isn't game-breaking, but is something that they're going to have that's going to be perfect in that moment that you know you're putting into your game so they can pull it out and be like, Look, I have this sweet, like, we are in this dark tunnel where no normal light works, but I have this magical item that my yep. father gave me.
2: Yeah, and let them, you know, <clears throat> take that energy, because normally a lot of mid-maxers are just people with a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can give them some avenue to put that energy into that's not figuring out how to break your game. They will probably take it and run with it. The one week I was unprepared to have a feet picked for my character was the week I had to make a church, Um, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Where it's like, if if I got something else, I'm putting my energy into that's that's gonna help the game. I'm I'm gonna put my priority on that. Especially if it's like a homework assignment, for lack of a better (laughs) term. (laughs) Taking that energy and giving it a focus that can go somewhere else and benefit everybody is very very good, and it's a healthy thing. And only
0: do that if obviously the the player is going to have fun with it. You don't yeah. want to go, here's a homework assignment and them just hate you because of it. Like, yeah. wh- I mean, you can tell too as a DM. You can see if their eyes light up and like, and maybe part of that is just asking like, what is it What is it that, you're, that you would like to do with this yeah. character kind of thing? But yeah, I think that I think that's all a lot of good advice. I think also I'd say that this is one of the reasons that I have stuck to shared XP. If a character dies, they come back at the same level at the same point. Yep. Um, and it's something that I don't foresee myself changing in that kind of way. I know other people out there may do it differently, and that's fine. That's just come out of our own growing as a group.
2: Yeah, and I think as far as like keeping people relatively on the same page as far as experience goes that's that's a good thing because then that comparison only comes down to on the same level stuff when when the stratification happens um you tend to create conflict and tension and there are some groups that are mature enough to handle that they understand oh i missed last week and therefore i will feel weak for a while a lot of younger and less mature groups will immediately start being bitter about it. And it's when people get, you know, salty and angry and spicy that things get interesting and it's not always in an entertaining way. So I think, yeah, you definitely have to know your players and know your group. And if your group can handle having somebody be part of the B team for a while, I'm as powerful as your minion, then that's fine. But I know a lot of people, most people don't like feeling lesser. Yeah. So it takes a a certain type of person to be okay with that. And if nobody can handle it, then maybe we should just avoid the situation altogether.
0: (laughs) I think the last thing that I would say, advice to DMs is just talk with your players. We've said it on the show before, but talking with your players, figuring out what they like about the campaign, what they have enjoyed about interactions with other playable characters, all that stuff can really help you gain a better understanding of, who they are as people, as players, and what they're looking for in a good gaming session. I mean, I literally, this discussion we had right now, I am now going, okay, how do I give Mark his magic moment where, who <laughs> magic Mark his magic moment, uh, where he gets to run into a room and be that boss-like character. But, like, talking with their players is something I think that will always, always lead your games in better directions. With that, Mark, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Dungeon Master's Block. Thanks for being so candid and open about this. Yeah, I think a lot of people will enjoy it, whether or not they can relate to the situations we've brought up. I think that it will be, maybe it'll be something that can help them in the future
2: with the situation that
0: may come yeah, up. But I
2: mean, this is never. This is something that'll never go away. Um, especially as more content comes out for things, you know somebody's always going to accidentally break a game so we'll find it somebody will find it yeah. and that'll get posted on reddit exactly and then everybody else will find it so
0: <laughs> and use it depending on who they are yep but yeah thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon
2: yeah thanks for having me
0: well that's all that we have today for you for this episode of the dungeon masters block i hope that you were able to enjoy this conversation that me and Magic Mark were able to have. I know I did, and I know it really gave me a lot of insight into him as a player, into the mind of a min-maxer, a munchkin, and I I know that it's been a journey for, for me and Mark as DM and player, but man, I am so glad to have him as one of my players. He is awesome and just so invested in any story that I want to help the players tell. If you'd like to get in touch with us at the Dungeon Master's Block, you can send us an email at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. If you'd like to, we would appreciate it if you headed over to iTunes and gave us a five-star review. We will read it on air, and it just helps our show to be seen by others and for others to know that we have a quality podcast. We appreciate any five-star reviews. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore Block. That's at DMsBlock. And you can like our Facebook page. If you want updates about episodes that are coming out, those are the places for you to go. We have a Patreon member shout-out of the week. And this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... A! I sound like Fonzie because it's just A. Thank you so much, a for supporting us at the Dungeon Master's Block at the Block Party Podcast Network, we really appreciate it. A, A, is a silver dragon, so be careful and watch out for A flying over the skies. The Dungeon Master Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, We're So Bad at Adventuring, and more by simply searching Block Party Podcast Network on iTunes. Well, that's all we have for you today on the Dungeon Masters block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all their people at the table. Keep on Dungeon Mastering.
2: Bye.